From the Finley Toyota Studio, it's Cofield and Company. Five o'clock hour is here. NLCS now bottom seven. Pod squad threatening two outs. They're now up eight to four. NBA's rolling out. NHL going Just on. A scoreboard update? Yeah. A little bit, right? Why not? What do you want to throw it? And some uh, NBA? I'm only watching uh, the games you bet. Memphis, uh, Memphis up 15-14 with uh, 4:30 left to go in the first. Over New York. Right. Do they play that trick song all the time? I think it's like, yeah, it's like their thing. Yeah, good deal, good deal. Try not to bring in the what part. Thanks, Jared. Uh, Jared is in for our a John Von Tobel is the company. Nick just took the lead. No, I'm sorry. Judge Dan, <laughs> uh, real judge, uh, sports talk host in Denver. We got it all hooked up here. Dan, how are you? Good. I have a question for you guys. Yes. So you're out there in Vegas. You were just talking about gambling. Should we be concerned when our colleagues do talk shows and they give all sorts of gambling advice, and then in the company pick them, they're like way underwater, not even picking against the spread, just picking games straight up, and they're like 40%. Yeah. Is that cause for concern? Uh, John, you're the gambling expert. We talk about this all the time. Your verdict? So he can't even pick games straight up, or he or she? It's a little bit yeah, of a one problem. of our hosts who, yeah, straight up. Yeah, it's a little Way bit of a problem. I mean, you should be able to pick at least like around 50-50. It's like flipping a coin. Right. Fire them. Just That's wonder, what I say. Just one. All right. Dan, you heard a little bit of our uh, convenience store weed availability soon in Florida. That seems really weird to me. You're in a big weed state. We're a big weed state. I felt like there were rules upon rules upon rules to make sure that this was really safe. Trained folks were uh, dealing. Not, I didn't mean dealing, but, you know, dealing with the public. Um, does that sound odd to you from a legal standpoint? Couldn't there be a lot of issues selling weed products at a convenience store? It does sound odd to me, uh, but Florida is Florida, so maybe they have different rules. Here uh, in Colorado, for example, it's legal throughout the state or whatever, but the local municipalities have the ability to set, you know, so like where, you know where we live in Colorado, only... They will only license so, and it's not that many. I mean, you'd be surprised, but like Aurora, for example, where I live, you know, there's not a, a weed store on every single corner. They're thoughtfully, the applications are thoughtfully kind of vetted and gone right. over. And then, you know, they'll, they'll approve some. In Florida, I have no idea. Uh, now, I did see in the article that they have a preliminary list of, what, 10 stores out of the 600 they eventually want to get to or whatever Ooh, it is. 600? And yeah, do it up. So, well, I mean, it is a way. Um, no, it's a way to it's a way to make a lot of tax revenue, and you're you know you're taking the uh, illegal game above board. But I just, I know I just I, and again, I'm not I'm not anti weed any of that. I just figured, hey, there's a lot of safety measures in place, and, and a lot of it's for avoiding legal issues down the road. I mean, is that everyone working? Nothing against convenience stores, cashier cashiers, but is everyone qualified to like really treat this seriously? Make sure weed doesn't get in the hand of kids or seems weird to me. Well, how is it? Yeah, I mean, well, they, they, they say the reason why it's a good test environment for it is because those employees are supposed to be trained already for alcohol and cigarettes and Hustler magazines okay. and whatever else they have to do ID checks nice. already. So why not, you know, make some weed in there, too? Nice job. Dan mentioning his favorite spot magazine. That was just a, kind of a random. <laughs> well, wait, we you know we do business with uh, uh, the Hustler Club here, so we appreciate that. That free pop. All right. I want to talk Denver football, and then we'll get back to a couple of legal stories. A lot of defamation cases we can get into. Judge Dan, one of the hosts on the fan in Denver. Can I just start out light here? But I'm sure for Broncos fans, are really mad about it. The let's ride 
Broncos country, let's ride. Those memes were out of control this week. Well, that's because after one of the historically bad games in NFL history, that was his parting shot from the podium, a game where he played horrible. This is against the Colts. Yeah. And it, it be, it's just becoming – the problem with Russell Wilson is he's a very nice guy, does a lot for charity, and he's completely tone deaf. Uh, he just – he's all about the brand and this lifestyle, and he wears the goofy suits, and he's just not relatable. And I don't think any of us in Denver really knew that. We mm-hmm. knew he was a really good quarterback for the Seahawks. And until you see it up close and personal, you're like <laughs> – God, this guy's kind of tacky. It's just weird. You know, it's cringy, I guess is the word. Yes. Uh, nowadays, right? It's Cofield. Is that what we say now? Sure. Cringy. Sure. Cringy. Yeah. So, cringy. so he's it's just, actually just so cringe. darn cringy. Cringe. Yeah. And he's not, he's not any good right now. He's, he's, he's playing terrible. So it's, a, you know, we have as many losses as the Raiders for crying out loud. Who are the good shot at the Raiders there? Uh, who are the sports talk host and fans, which sometimes is one and the same in Denver? Uh, who are they blaming the most? Hackett or Russ? You know, it's funny. One of my colleagues was that question was posed to him. Well, who's who do we have to blame? And he says, do I have to choose? Because the answer is both. Uh, They're both under extreme fire, probably a little bit more Hackett, just because he is just so woefully over his head incompetent right now. Uh, The injuries are piling up despite the fact that he did a, uh, you know, a juice box training camp where they they didn't work hard because they didn't want to burn anybody out and they wanted to protect from injuries and now they have a whole litany of soft tissue injuries <laughs> plaguing the team uh, so hack it just because he just it seems like every time he steps in front of the microphone he inserts his foot into his mouth for example last week uh, uh, on monday night melvin gordon everybody knows he's in the doghouse for some reason they let him start and then they just despite the running in fact the running game was not working in any way shape or form they just bench him and then there's all these you know he's crying and huffing and puffing. So what do they do? Hackett comes out today and says, yeah, we're going to start him on Sunday. Like, what's going on? It's just incompetence. So it seems to be, too, like incompetence in all three phases. Well, no, I'll say the two because the defense seems to have been pretty good. But like the special teams, Gaff, how in the world do you have a dude block one of the opponents <laughs> into your own guy? It's like we did something to anger the special teams <laughs> gods because uh, by the way Stukes their their new special teams coach we've had three special teams coaches in a row that are no not only woefully incompetent but every time they have to do they have to do a press conference one a week and they do nothing but say embarrassing ridiculous garbage and so we're just cursed we have been cursed by the special teams gods and I don't know when this curse runs out is it like uh, the curse of the Mambino is it like you know Malesifant I don't know I don't know when it, when it ends all right, so when we're looking at like the Broncos, I, actually, I'm curious because Steve has a bunch of topics that he wants me to hit. But I want to ask you, you've talked about the incompetence of Hackett through these first few games. Is there anything like redeeming that you can point to that says, you know what, maybe it's just a rookie guy going through some rough stretches. He's doing X, Y, and Z relatively well. If he can build on that and move forward and improve on the other things, he actually might make it out of this as an okay dude. Well, the, the, the big problem is everybody's starting to clamor. You know, you have uh... – uh, Sean, uh, Sean Payton, kind of that name, it's a very sexy name out there, clamoring in the winds. And with Pay- uh, excuse me, with Hackett, the only redeeming quality is that he's just contagiously optimistic. Although now he's starting, now that we're seeing the stress coming in, you know, the stresses of the jobs come in on him, he's becoming more and more nervous. And he, you're really seeing some chink in that positivity armor. 
that's really all you have going for him. We we are all wondering about the hire when it happened. People thought, well, that was so they could get Aaron Rodgers here. I mean, he was never a particularly successful play caller to begin with, and he wasn't calling plays in his previous job. He didn't have the experience. So it was just like we have to do like a lot of GMs do, the anti-Vic Fangio. Well, Fangio was an old curmudgeon with a bunch of experience. We're going to bring in the new guy. Maybe he's you know our new – you know, Kyle Shanahan or McShay or McVeigh or whatever, but he's not like he's one, not that young. And two, he's just not that good. How much do we know about Rob Walton, the new owner of the Broncos and now the richest ownership group in all the NFL? What do we know about Rob Walton? Well, we know that when he had his introductory press conference, he was very thoughtful. Uh, it was very intentional about thanking Roger Goodell. Uh, for the opportunity. Oh boy. So if that tells you how much football he knows, this is basically him buying a team for his uh, daughter and son-in-law. They're, they're running everything. Uh, now, we don't know how much they're involved yet. A lot of people are saying they have to step in right now. And you know, I, I, I doubt that they're at that high of a level on the football operations. And one of the things they, the reasons they bought this team is because this team is ripe for a new stadium that they can build probably on the outskirts of the area out by the airport and build Wally world, just build a city onto itself, including Sam's clubs and Walmarts and, and they will own everything. So I think Rob Walton was intrigued by the business prospects of the team. And then his, he says, yeah, my son-in-law and daughter, they can run it. And he's happy. I, I don't think he's Rob Walton himself. Robson is incredibly involved. Judge Dan, Dan Jacobs host on the fan in Denver. Last thing on the Broncos, what sort of week was it like for Damari Mathis, who could not defend anyone on the island without grabbing and clutching and getting a flag thrown his way? Well, it's just tough. I mean, obviously, there was a lot of ire directed at him. Thankfully, Hackett, you know, every day says something you know, more stupid than the day before, so it kind of, you know, maybe takes some heat off of him. But, you know, he's in a tough spot. You know, you throw a rookie in there starting you know number two it's 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 very tough he was just over he was over his head now here's the question though steve uh peyton george peyton the the broncos gm has been the golden child around here oh he's so great at building rosters he's a grinder he's great in the drafts they're very they're lacking in depth right now this is one of his guys and he you know it's one game it's it was it's one game but Man, that was bad. Where's the depth on this team now that they've been decimated by injuries? Uh, let's talk some legal stories, Judge Dan. First of all, yes, sir. Jim Arce didn't say anything that would have him in trouble for defamation uh, in regards to uh, Dan Snyder. No, one, because it's an opinion, and two, there's probably some merit to it. Three, <laughs> Dan Snyder's a public official. Uh, that you, know, you have to reach an actual malice threshold for public officials, which a statement like that's not going to get to. But again, that, that's his opinion, and there's plenty of evidence to back up his opinion. Truth is always the defense to a, defam a defamation claim. So, and, and two, you have to have a good reputation. That's another thing, reputational harm. How do you <laughs> harm Dan Snyder's reputation? <laughs> I guess the same would go for the letter that the commander sent out in regards to Jim Irsay, right? You really can't defame Jim Irsay at this point. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, yeah. I mean, he, he's he's got his own set of issues. So, uh, it, it, what is happening in the NFL owners' boxes nowadays? Like they're all turning on each other. 
Well, how about the uh, the claims that Jerry Jones said, don't F with me to Bobby Kraft? In that case, could that be assault if they're like if they're if he's right in his face? Like, is there a distance needed when you start using strong language like that where you're like, whoa, back off, buddy? No, it's not assault. You could no, I mean th- th- there's no legal just if it was a one-off. But here here's the visual that you gotta love, right? Is you know, fiery Jerry Jones against you know, because we, we here's what we heard he said. You know, he said, you know, don't don't F with me. And then Robert Kraft, the you know, the big rich you know, caviar eating owner of the Patriots said, Excuse me? <laughs> I did see this visual. God, I, I wish I, I, I wish I could see it. You would speak to me that way. I wish I could see because uh, I, I actually I want to see how both were delivered because you can deliver those in, in threatening fashion. Well, and we're also we're, we're burying the other part of this, which is what Jerry Jones said in response to Robert Kraft when he said, "Excuse me." Jerry Jones immediately backed down and said, "Don't mess with me." Say it again, Jerry. Oh, wow. Curse at him one more time. It was reported that he said, "Don't mess with me." So immediately he backed off. I think Jerry Jones is a wuss. You do. Yeah, it's yeah. like when you talk to your wife, you say something, and she goes, excuse me? Ooh. I'm sorry, honey. Yes. Also, oops, I'm in trouble. I, I picture, much like Draymond Green, Jerry Jones storming over to Robert Kraft like Jordan Poole and getting in his space like that, and Robert Kraft shoving Jerry Jones, much like Jordan Poole did to Draymond Green. God. Wish it were the case. I really do. And then Jerry Jones cold-cocking Robert Kraft. More uh, defamation issues here. There actually is a lawsuit filed. It's for a lot of money. Um George Floyd's family is going after Kanye West because Kanye claimed on a recent uh, YouTube podcast that Floyd died from fentanyl, uh, not at the hand of the uh, Minneapolis police. Is there something there for defamation? I believe there is. Now, defamation suits are always very, very hard. But here's the one, uh, the case I'm thinking about, the Alex Jones. With the uh, Sandy uh, Sandy Hook kids, right? Yep. When you're saying something demonstrably false, like they they can say, you know, there was there, there was medical experts um, in the George Floyd Floyd trial, you know, battling out exactly what he died from. So when it's so demonstrably false that it wasn't a fentanyl overdose that killed George Floyd, and it was the fact that these guys murdered him. Uh, and th- these family members, much like in the Alex Jones suit, are suffering trauma from this. They're harmed by this. They're damaged by this. Um, there's mental anguish from this. There- there's all sorts of things going on. I-, I think it's a very similar parallel. Not that a defamation suit, uh, they're always tough. They're always hard. Um, but in this case, I would liken it to the Alex Jones suit uh, where they're, they're very similar. They're- there's a lot of parallels there where, you know, where it's celebrities coming out and just saying demonstrably false things, uh, you know, about a you know, tragedy and a, a jury could hold them accountable. With, with these recent rash of incidents with Kanye in terms of like the things that he's been saying about other communities and kind of these meltdowns and weird outbreaks of uh, false information, would that be used against him in any way, shape or form in something like this? Well, it could also help him if you get the right judge. For example, one of the, I don't remember if it was Hannity or who it was, but one of the Fox news hosts, uh, said something just completely false and his defense which the judge bought at trial was oh nobody takes it seriously nobody's you know anything he says seriously nobody could have you know, nobody that's watching fox news thinks that this host which i again i believe is handed is actually reporting anything objectively or or, or reporting the truth they all take it you know tongue-in-cheek uh, so if you got the right judge or the right venue you could say everybody knows kanye is crazy 
Nobody pays attention to anything he has. Hmm. Says there's nobody. Uh, there was no real harm done to their reputations because everybody knows it's just crazy Kanye. Dan Jacobs. Judge Dan. Yeah. Last one. Last one. To go back to Alex Jones. So there was a there were a couple of big judgments. Uh Stan Kroenke, your guy, five hundred and seventy one million dollars he owes St. Louis. Now for him, who knows what he's worth? You know, if he sold SoFi and that whole facility, he's probably worth north of like thirty billion dollars. So he can pay the five seventy one. In the case of Al Jones, maybe he's worth $200 million. When a judgment comes down for $965 million, what happens in terms of payment? And I don't mean right now, because I know this is going to be appealed a bunch of times, but what happens in the future? Can Alex Jones ever make money again without owing it to this judgment? Well, there are are little bits of loopholes, but the the kicker about this one is – from what I'm understanding, it's not dischargeable in bankruptcy, this this particular judgment. So mm. if you get the right people hounding them, just like the, the Goldman family got the right guy on OJ, uh, yeah, I mean, it's going to be very, very tough for Alex Jones. And then and then does he try and get shady? He already has law, law enforcement on him. So they'll probably, you know, that, that spotlight, if, if the, the attorney's, pursuing the judgment, trying to collect the judgment, are hounding him incessantly, like I'm sure these families are going to demand, it's going to be a, it's, it's not going to be a very pleasant situation for Alex Jones, for sure. There are, like I said, retirement funds, things like that, um, like OJ, you know, ha- has the benefit of, okay. Um, but when you're talking about that much money, and you know, any pictures of Alex Jones in the Bahamas will be highly problematic for him. Yes, and I'm glad you mentioned OJ, because his NFL pension is protected, and that's why he's getting a chance to live at a, you know, a, a decent level for him. Uh, frankly, better than most of us because he's living on a golf course in Summerlin. Uh, there are some monies protected. I just I wondered with Alex Jones because, I mean, listen, part of doing what he does is an ego thing, right? The, the whole bit, the character, the uh, the the shammy online business. Which, by the way, I think over the summer uh, there were some quotes saying that he was making like eight hundred thousand dollars a day. Off that website, so I mean, I, actually, if he kept his business going, I don't know if he can pay nine hundred sixty-five million dollars. But he actually, if he kept it going, he, he'd probably pay a lot of that. But uh, he ain't gonna do that, right? Who's gonna work for free? No, he's never, dude, he's never coming up with a billion dollars. That's just not gonna happen. All right, Dan. When are you on the fan next? This Saturday. Are you coming on, Steve? Uh, do you need me to come on? Uh, maybe. We'll, we'll we'll talk about it. Okay. Well, I'll be in South Bend, so uh, yeah, just to squeeze me in. We talk a little college football. I know you love college football. Is UNLV, UNLV playing Notre Dame? Yeah, UNLV's going to Notre Dame for the first time. Wow. Should be fun. I've never been in that stadium, so it should be fun. Yes. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Dan. I didn't mean to just, like, shut them down. There. No, I was no. I, just, I was actually laughing See at you, the question. Like, you know, they're playing South Bend U. <laughs> <laughs> well, I could be going for another reason. Never know. Who goes and visits South Bend? I know some people who do, but they're also from South Bend. And, and we have – we actually – we have – there we is. have some wealthy staffers here who just decide to go on road trips. It's it's quite road, the life. Road trips? Yeah, he's going sports They go road to trips. different countries. They go on voyages. They don't even go on vacations. Now, back to Coalfield and Company in the Finley Toyota studio. studio. Very undisciplined show today. Very undisciplined. We've lost control of the show. Appreciate Judge Dan coming on from Denver. Uh, good look in on these NFL markets are fun that are that that struggle, and especially by certain standards. 
No, I mean, it, you, you check in with the media, and it is, I mean, it is, the NFL is so friggin' big, it is sky is falling almost everywhere. Well, I mean, but here's the thing. It kind of has to be. You only have 17 games. Like, there's, it's not, you know, I love basketball. There is margin for error over the course of an 82-game schedule. Baseball, there is margin for error over the course of a 162-game schedule, which makes the guy in March complaining about, you know, bullpen rotations absolutely insane. Because there's margin for error. But in football, not that much margin for error. And when you're sitting there messing around, unlike a team like the Colts who are taking care of business, 3-2-1, and one, the driver's seat for their division. I feel like much. we're a very well-rounded city when we look into issues where the sky is falling. We like sports here, but Denver's crazy. Like Denver, I, Denver is a very underrated city. I don't. If you're not from Denver, you haven't been there, I don't think people realize... The Broncos are friggin' everything. Mm-hmm. And the other team, like the Abs, are kind of good. The Abs get a little attention. The Rockies get no attention. You just talked about the Nuggets. They're in NBA finals, or potentially going to win a championship. They got to pull some upsets here, but they're really good. They get no attention. Now, part of it is Kroenke is, has been really weird with the TV, so you can't get exposure to a lot of teams. Right. We're with us, the Raiders are still kind of growing into the market. So the fact that the Raiders are one and four, I think a lot of Las Vegans are like, well, okay, you know, let's move on to something else, right? Um, VGK, you know, might be a smaller group of people that pay attention to VGK versus the Raiders in the NFL, but they're very hardcore. And if things go south this year, they're going to be very angry. So there was a lot of anger at the end of last Mm -hmm. season. But my whole point is we're still kind of well-rounded. We're not a super hardcore sports city across the board. Like every, you know, Tom, Dick, and Harry, Granny, and whoever – isn't into the Raiders. Um, I'll give you one of the things that will drive people nuts here. And we're a growing city. So it, we're always changing. And we go down this path every once in a while, and I fear doing it because we all start going ballistic. But I noticed yesterday, I can't keep track of what days, but I thought yesterday I was driving north on the 15. In fact, I know I was. Was I, I was coming back from... Uh, I don't know where the hell it was, but anyway, the, and I looked over. I looked over to my left, and I'm like, "Oh my god, the 15 appears to be closed, coming south." That's not a good situation, John. It was closed, Steve. Is that right? <laughs> Am I correct? Am I correct? And it was this, it was 15 south. Uh yes, it was 15 south. Where was it? And uh, so it was for, at least the, from what I experienced it as far back as Charleston up to Flamingo. Yes, it was. Yes, yep. that was that was what I drove by, and I was like, man. I'm doing uh, 60. What, what's the speed limit? Um, I'm I'm cruising along here. Oh my god! The left side. It looks like lanes are closed down, and then part of it's closed down. And for what nearly, the hell is going on for nearly 11 hours? Oh no! That was it. The story of the uh, was there a guy on the road got hit by got multiple hit? cars around three o'clock in the morning. So I didn't put that together. That's well, terrible. Well, and I obviously did not know. Yeah. So reflecting, like we're talking about Draymond Green, reflecting on my personal decisions. Keep it together. When I'm cursing and mother effing every person in front of me Keep while I'm stuck in traffic, I got to hold it together. My issues felt very trivial. Yes. After I read the story, you read that. You read that. After reading the story, I made it through. Right. Like after reading the story and seeing what happened to this poor person, huh. calling my wife and venting with a lot of curse words seemed very trivial to get very upset about that. Huh. Now that I know exactly what happened, um, I will say to uh, pivot quickly away from that because it's sad. Uh, let's get back to the funnies and the anger. The the work at Tropicana 
I don't think I processed what a giant pain in the ass it's going to be to get around town because they're changing the Tropicana interchange, you know, near the stadium. It's going to it, hope. Hopefully they do it right. Are they going to fix my favorite merging like points? Dude, I have no idea that 15 North uh, merge right by by Russell and like coming. So for my favorite thing is coming goes, from yeah, like the South way, Point, yep, yep, yep. yeah, or getting on the 15 from Russell. And it's my favorite thing in the world because it just shrinks to one lane. Just past Tropicana. And all of you fellow citizens. Don't cut. Don't cut. Don't race ahead and cut. Right. Try to rush up. And boy, do I not let you in, by the way. <laughs> yes. I know you're very angry. Yeah. I've had some driving incidents over the last couple of days. Just be careful. Uh, uh, this one... is me telling you. Just be so, careful. No, yeah, I am going to be careful because I'm going to go into a spiel that's going to get me in trouble. Yep. So. Yep. Don't do it. If you're um, over 65, you shouldn't and, drive. And that... Uh, <laughs> And that work at Tropicana is going to affect uh, stuff to the north and the south. And basically, coming from 215, uh, if you're going west, trying to get on the 15 north, don't even. It's it's impossible. I don't. Yeah. I don't if you wait in that line, God bless you, because I go by it and I, I drive the most circuitous route you can do going north. And the other day, I tried some new routes going across town. I'm like, this didn't work. Yep. You forget there are still many roads in Vegas when you're like, let me take the service streets that have not been upgraded yet. To be three and four lanes, and man, I got caught. I'll just say where it was. I was trying to. I'm like, I'll just cut across, you know, across the 15 and take Warm Springs out west. And I'm like, oh my god, everyone thought of this today. This ain't working. I uh, and I, but but at that point, you're like, I start mapping, you know, because I actually I do use the the map. I, anytime I drive, if I'm gonna hit the 15 or go through the spaghetti bowl, mm-hmm. I I put on the map, even if it's freaking 10 a.m., 9 a.m., whatever. I have no rush hour, two two p, whatever, because you never know what the hell is gonna hit. And, uh, boy, I tried to, I was like, let me experiment here. And I was trying to, I'm like, oh, let me, if I go down this way, is there an accident? Nope, nope, nope. There was no route to get out. So I was just stuck. Well, and that's my problem. So, like, when I got stuck in what happened on the 15 yesterday, um, I always forget because I was coming from, where was I leaving from? Circa. So I always forget that when you get on Charleston, because my thought was, because I saw the same thing. And I was there early in the morning because, obviously, the incident happened at 3 a.m. I was actually heading into Circa at 4 o'clock in the morning, 4.30 in the morning. So when I was leaving, I was like, I made a note of it. I'm like, if it's still that bad, I'll just hop off on Sahara. I always forget that the 15, you cannot get off on Sahara if you're coming on from Charleston. There is no exit. You've got to take it all the way down to Spring Mountain. So that was a nightmare. I also took Spring Mountain up on my way in here today. Yeah. Didn't really go well. It didn't either? No, because it's like you said, like it's still that like really compact two lanes. It doesn't really help that people have no idea how to drive. <laughs> Is that the problem? Yeah, you know? You were coming from Westgate over to the station yeah. where Flamingo and Durango. So. Right. All right, it's there's fine. your road report. <laughs> Learn how to drive. Chuck Wait, Rhodes can, here. Can I just say, like, if you're going to turn left, okay, you don't need to slow down in the lane to get over. You can take those actions together and get over while you're so slowing many, down. So many basics. And yet I feel such pain in your voice. I... I hate it. I felt a lot of pain last night, or saw it, in the voices of Lakers fans. Boy, it was rough. We're going to get to the Lakers, because I, I think you have some correcting to do, some some lecturing to do for people who think the Lakers are just horrific. They're pointing the finger at the wrong problems. But before that, Golden Knights tickets. Let's do it. Golden Knights on the 24th, Toronto. I almost forgot the opponent. Very easy. Just call in. 364-1100. Caller 7-364-1100. Buy tickets, too. Golden Knights 
an amazing experience, but you're going to get a pair free here. 364-1100-364-1100. Knights and the Leafs coming up on the 24th. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. 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 AXS.com is where you can get your tickets for the Golden Knights. Jared just handed out a pair of tickets to our winner. You know, one of the cool things they have for the games is the flight deck. Standing room only, but it does include food and beverage. So check it out. GoldenKnights.com. AXS is where you can get the tickets. So I'm excited to talk about the Lakers. We do have to get to the Jerry Jones, Bobby Kraft, Alleged showdown when the owners were meeting. A lot going on with the NFL owners. That's coming up in about 10 minutes or so. So it's funny. When we talk Lakers, if you don't watch the game or at least read a box score, look at a game story, you should watch the game. We're going to talk about them. Uh, The easy narrative is they lose. Westbrook sucks. This isn't going to work. That really, really wasn't the story last night. No. Actually, the story, like, trending from yesterday's game, and it did kind of. Should have Sorry, been. I was just going to jump right. in with, you know, Sixers lose. Yeah. Harden. Yeah, right. 22 <laughs> first half points. And, like, I actually, there was some, I talked to somebody else who alleged <laughs> that, like, tried to go down the path. I'm like, stop. Like, oh, you, you didn't watch you the didn't game. Watch the game. Um, you know, he showed up in pajamas. He was very comfortable and had a monster night. Right. They were minus 13 in Joel Embiid's minutes. That's the story. Not James Harden. Um, and the fact that Joel Embiid looked kind of out of shape in the second half. No, if you if you actually watch what transpired with the Lakers yesterday, um, there is an argument. I don't even think there's an argument to be made. The argument here is uh, Russell Westbrook was the best starter for them yesterday. There's not really a question about it. He scored 19 points. He was 7-12 to 12 from the floor. He was 1-3 three from three-point range, had 11 rebounds. Best plus minus uh, among the big three by a mile between him, LeBron James, and Anthony Davis. Uh, only one Patrick Beverly beat him out by that was by a point. They were minus six in Westbrook's minutes. They were minus five with Beverly. Look, Westbrook has his flaws. And Westbrook fitting with Anthony Davis and LeBron James is still a very big question. But if your takeaway from yesterday is to ask, like, when are they going to get rid of Russell Westbrook? The question is, why in the world did they give Rob Polinka a contract extension when he put together one of the worst rosters you're going to see when it comes to having LeBron James on your team? You surround him with shooting and some wings who can defend and switch, and you're good to go. They don't have anything. There's no shooting on this roster. The, the guard play is pretty bad. That's the story from yesterday, not Russell Westbrook. Give me some guys who are in the supporting cast who you have some enthusiasm for. Maybe they didn't achieve last night, and really no one achieved off the bench. Uh, none fired in 13 points, but who is it? They're, they're, you know, when you look at it, they're look incredibly at- young. Oh yeah, that's what like, it's did. not even like five, six year guys who are in. You're like, and 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 you know the the game was a little out of hand at different points. So some guys got some minutes at the very end. So who is it? Austin Reeves. It's it's Austin Reeves and Kendrick Nunn. Like that's what you're that's what you're excited kind of about. Like when you're looking at their roster outside of the known entities, that's it. I mean, like even look like like Lonnie Walker a few like like a year or two ago might have stirred some loins, uh, but Wait, like what like. He's not that good. 
He's not good don't, as a defender. No one needs their <laughs> loins stirred. I, I get what you're saying, but, but like, it's the wrong terminology. He's not a good defender. He's not like the, his shooting completely fell off. There's a reason why the Spurs are like, yeah, you're fine. Like, go ahead. We can go to Lakers. I don't really care. Like, it's, there's really nothing here. They did get a little bit younger and more athletic. And I guess if you want to be fair, Thomas Bryant didn't play yesterday. He's injured. Uh, he's going to be reevaluated in three weeks. That's so, you know one of the centers that they have on their roster, but still it's a center. It's not really going to do anything for you. Uh, Dennis Schroeder had some visa issues and is injured as well, so he's not playing yet. Does Troy Brown have a role? Troy Brown Jr. is not playing because he's hurt. That's the other name I was going to get to. Um, but Vegas. he's going to be part of it. Right. But but like, even think about Troy Brown, right? Troy, Troy Brown is young. He's athletic. He's kind of twitchy. He can get up and down the floor. He can kind of rebound okay. He's shooting the ball at like 37 to 38% on catch-and-shoot three-point attempts. So your biggest weakness, Troy Brown Jr. is not helping you out there. Dennis Schroeder not helping you out there. Thomas Bryant's not helping you out there. I, I just I don't really get this roster construction. Do you think Russell Westbrook ever goes on the internet? Does he ever look at social media? They all because it's a barrage it, and it's dumb. I did you see the clip I sent you? So the, I, I retweeted a clip. It was from Hoop Central, and it's Russell Westbrook took three point three three point attempts yesterday. Okay, he airballed one of them, and so of course uh, one of these basketball sites. Cuts the clip of him airballing a three, puts it up there, and everybody's like, ha, 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 Russell Westbrook, you suck. It cuts out the previous 20 seconds of that possession where Anthony Davis wildly drives to the basket, loses the ball, and guess who snatches it up to save a turnover? Russell Westbrook, who kicks it back out to LeBron James, who misses a shot, who then is offensive rebounded by guess who? Russell Westbrook to keep the possession alive. Draymond Green decides not to contest him, so he takes a shot that is open after his previous two cohorts could do nothing with the ball. He airballs it, but everybody's going to cut that five seconds and go, ha, Westbrook, he's a problem. Like, it's ridiculous. Back off. Of Russ? Yeah, I'm just yeah. saying for the audience. Sure. If you're against or, Russell, or, Russell Westbrook, I think you just laid out a good five minutes of he can be a productive player and part of this team. I don't even know if it's about that. I just, like, if you're going to credit, like, if you're going to commentate, just watch the whole thing. Don't lie. Right. Don't try to fool Don't be people. disingenuous with wh- what you're presenting because now you're just trying to pile on the guy for no reason. Yeah. I like Westbrook, and in the words of Jerry Jones, don't F with me. Cofield and Company presents Grab Bag. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. Padres are in as a winner, 8-5, won one series in the NLCS and now cross-country to Philly. And I'm sure Philly tonight is uh, drowning themselves in, what, whiz? Huh? Right, a little cheese whiz? Oh. Right, drown the sorrows? Drink a little cheese whiz shot? Uh, so, 1-1 one, one series. Philly cheese steak. Let's get in the bag. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Good. What do you got? Well, so is a Philly cheese steak, because I, I did get to spend some time out there for work a couple of years back. And I was surprised to find out, I always thought Philly cheesesteaks were like, you know, like cheese, like provolone, whatever. Right, right. But it's actually the cheese whiz yeah. that is the classic cheese Philly cheesesteak. Yeah. I don't like cheese whiz, so I never yeah. got it with cheese whiz. But yeah, you have your choice. But like, I, like when you ask a Philly person about a cheesesteak, they picture a Philly with cheese whiz, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. Wood whiz. Yeah. yeah. Wood whiz. Yeah. But you can get provolone. No, I know that. I just, yeah. I, in my mind, the quintessential cheesesteak was the one with provolone, not the actual one with cheese whiz. Okay. That's all. That's a good question. Yeah. Good question. How many cheesesteaks do you think you had flying into Philly? Or they uh, they had a couple. Well, did that White House and AC have cheesesteaks? No, they, so I, they actually, don't? I only had one. Well, no, like they did. You only had one cheesesteak the whole time. You flew every week in Atlantic City for a year, right? 
But it was all what are you crazy. I mean, do I get a Philly cheesesteak in Jersey? I yeah, think it was allowed. There's, yeah, there's lots. I of, didn't think I think they fight. Uh, South Jersey. Who are you is asking a, for? No, huh? South. So, yeah, there you, you go. The board one. Yeah, yeah, we don't sell those no, things. They, believe me, <laughs> you didn't. You didn't get the feel after being there a few times yeah. that uh, South Jersey and Atlantic it's City is, is essentially East Philly. Yeah, that's I did. It was yeah. same same accent. Seventies. Yeah, 70, same accent. Seventy Sixers fans everywhere. It was during basketball season. Every time I got in an Uber, the Philly, the Seventy Sixers game was on the radio. It was cool. I liked it. I found a super good uh, like soul food spot down there in Atlantic City that was really good. I would go there a couple of times, but the Philly cheesesteaks, you know, I had the crab fries. That's all anybody told me to do. Chickies and Pete's, one of our great sponsors over on uh, Radio Nation Radio 920. Oh, I loved them. Stick your hand in there, Dave. <laughs> like, quickly. Well, I, did. I, I did. They were good. <laughs> I just, like, what I wanted was like mom and pop, you know, like yeah, when yeah. we went to San Jose, right? Yeah. Like, I wanted like a mom and pop stop that something I'm not going to find here right. in Vegas. And granted, I'm not going to find, or at least at that time, I was mm-hmm. not going to find a chickens and pizza Vegas. But like every person I talked to, I wanted like go to Dontella's down there. You know right, what I mean? Right, like right. they got a really great egg pot parmesan. Like that's what I wanted. <laughs> not go to the massive chain in which there's like 20 locations. You know what I mean? Do I have to do your research when you go on the road now? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, I, I get to go to Hawaii. There's one chain I want to go to in Hawaii just because they're not out here and I want to try it. Zippies. Okay. Because Matt Humans, all Matt Humans, my co host uh, and my colleague over at Vicent, it's all he talks about. Uh, but yeah, I got to find somewhere. Yeah, we've I been can't trying do to, a Hawaiian accent. We've been trying to hash this out. Uh, John is part of uh, Learfield, part of, uh, is part of Learfield um, and is, uh, you know, covering UNLV games. So he went on the San Jose uh, state trip. And we've been doing a UNLV broadcaster bites, kind of rating the food and trying to find local restaurants. That, that's part of, you know, when you're on a beat, that's. Part of the fun is, you know, and I, I know that's, I know for a fact, I think that's the thing that Adam Hill likes the most. And it's not eating. He's a big guy, but it's exploring all these cities and seeing the local places. Yeah. It is one of the cool things about traveling. So, but I've, I've generally, on most of the trips, I've now turned into the research person. And I try to, you know, this last trip, I tried to lead everyone in the right direction and I gave suggestions well, and then we went to different places. But uh, we do a podcast on that. That'll be out tomorrow. UNLV Broadcaster Bites. So, it was but you might know Hawaii better than I do. I've, I've, I'm lucky, you know, via work to have gone there a couple of times, but I don't know I've, well. I don't know Honolulu well. I've never been to Hawaii in my life, so I, um, I'm just exploring like anyone else. I, uh, but here's the thing. So, like, I actually had a couple of places that I looked up. Uh, one of them being actually Marcus Arroyo's spot that he had mentioned, uh, the burrito spot. Yeah, uh, Lavix. Um, but I didn't want. It's my first time. I didn't want to step any toes, and I don't want to throw the guy under the bus. Don't throw anyone under the bus, please. Don't don't throw anyone under the bus. But Caleb was come on. Caleb was a little lazy on the research. And he he's just been a little, chain. you know what? He's been a little troubling. We should I was disappointed. I, in Caleb. To, I'm just we actually say. we taped this podcast tonight. I might have to hash it out with him. He he fought me in Logan, Utah. Not like physically because he would kill me. But <laughs> he fought me on. I found a a, a place that was on Triple D, right? Which mm. generally it, it, they're pretty good places. But it actually served Cajun food, and he was just totally thrown off by the fact that, like, it's Cajun. Logan, Utah. They can't have good Cajun food. I'm like, sometimes right. people move from New Orleans to middle of nowhere, Logan, and it, it could be a good restaurant. So, he, uh, he did tell me a great story, though. I feel bad. He's not on right now. No, he was on, he's on three uh, hours ago. But I will we'll say, have to spending more time again. with Caleb, I got a great story out of him, which is, you know the, uh, you know the old video game, which is actually coming back out next year, the NCAA football? So they have the players in there. They would have their likenesses, but not exactly. Uh, apparently, uh, Caleb, who, by the way, I won many bowl games with in my, in my youth, uh, he owes me. We won two poinsettia bowls when I was head coach of UNLV football, um, <laughs> which I, I told him, okay. I told him as much, you video gamers. uh, but apparently, <laughs> so and I didn't remember this until he told me they gave Caleb dreads. 
So like, in the, <laughs> so like, That's so awesome. like in the yeah. game, yeah, like cool. he's got like these long flowing dreads coming out of his helmet. Did he, he didn't. Did he know? It? <laughs> yeah, he knew. He like, remembered. He, yeah, when he, when he was telling. Me, he's like, That's yeah, funny. in that game, I had dreads. I was like. That's great because now I remember. Yes, you did indeed have <laughs> long flowing dreads that would like bl- like blow in the wind when you would run. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Doug, jack of all trades, our update guy that you hear on the air, has been touting the fact that we've now licensed slap fighting. They are some of my favorite videos to watch. I don't know if I'd want to watch a competition of slap fighting, yes, but it does look highly entertaining. And I hate to say it, and what, what were you saying about athletes and fetishes? Oh, fetishizing athletes. Yeah. yeah. I'm just going to say that I I don't know why this is going to sound terrible. I'm not even going to say it. Say it. Well, because it's going to come out terribly. Say it. I love the women slapping each other. Oh, okay. I'm actually weird you say that because I just pulled up a like slap fighting video and it's two women slapping each I other. I saw one last week where a woman was like a delayed reaction. She got, I mean, slapped hard and she kind of like locked up. It was just like that glassy look, but she stayed up. Mm-hmm. I don't know how they stay up. I don't think, I mean, the guy sometimes, and, and it's a sound sometimes with the, with the guys and the gals. It is so loud. Uh, what, a, what an, un, what an, un, it's MMA. And does anyone in the room remember the, the movie Over the Top? Yes. So that was a Sly Stallone arm wrestling movie. Uh, the reason I always bring it up is I just played some Sammy Hagar, uh, Winner Takes It All, which is an unbelievable song for one of these sports movies. Very cheesy. Um, over the top, a lot of it was filmed at the Las Vegas Hilton here in town, I think back in 86. But anyway, it's like arm wrestling and fighting, but you can only do certain things from the fight standpoint. Wasn't I think someone actually tried something beyond slap fighting until like you could punch. They would just punch. They're so, they're, people are crazy when it comes to fighting. I think they're Maybe we'll license this down the road. I swear to God, there is a fight league that basically puts you in a phone booth. Yeah, yeah. Two guys are in a phone booth. Yep. Right. That whole that whole statement, like, yep. hey, a whole boxing match. It was like a fight in a phone booth. No, they're really doing phone booths now. <laughs> so I'm just watching one right now. But which <laughs> one? The phone booth or the no, slap? No, just the hardest slap. Like, look at this. Yeah. Like, I can't. By the way, because uh, I'm a very I'm a person that has aspirations. I always want to better myself in my career. You might as well call me Brett Okamoto. I'm going to be the Brett Okamoto slap fighting once it gets here. The ESPN expert uh, yes, on MMA? Okay. Yes, I'm going to be the Brett right. Okamoto slap fighting. Look at this. Just crumbles this dude. Did like, they drop? Boom. Ooh, uh, yeah, he's out, out cold. Yep, knocks him out. <laughs> don't, you, don't you think... Like, it's funny. In boxing, I don't think people pay attention enough. And this is this goes back in history as to why Mike Tyson completely lost control and bit... Holyfield's year. Holyfield was really brilliant, and there are a lot of boxers who are brilliant, brilliant at this, and the rest not paying attention at punching and following through a little bit with the forearm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's what that's what uh, Tyson was claiming Holyfield was doing. Um, isn't there an element of the slap fighting where someone, it, like, to me, the slap should be everything, I don't know what these muscles are on the bottom, like your thumb and the bottom of your hand. Mm-hmm. Isn't there a way to slap where you're almost... You're getting that full muscle where oh, it's yeah. almost like a punch, like the palm, almost like the palm. Like yeah, the it's like of your a, it's like an it's not a clenched fist, but it's a punch. Like because that one looked like that one looked like the chin got caught by the thumb on the bottom of the hand where you're you know you're a little thicker and just out the guy just dropped. Right. Well, I would. Think we love slap fighting. <laughs> Thank you, Nevada. I mean, I would think it's got to be mostly finger too. Like it's got to be up here. Like I would think that when you go to replay, it's got to be middle of the palm. And, uh, yeah, but wouldn't in the end, don't you target? The, basically, the target is the ear. Well, and then you're just ear, a little bit they inside all have the ear. Earplugs in, so I think you that know they get popped with, in the yeah, ear all the time. Yeah, so they all have earplugs in. They though. must bust eardrums so they, all the time. 
Well, the earplugs kind of help against that. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. You ever but been slapped I, that hard in the face by your ear? I'll, I'll talk to the commission and find out. But I, I do think that part of the rules is it has to be on the face. You can't go on ear. Got to go and, face. And what do they do after the guy's knocked out? They're like, oh, okay, you're disqualified. He's on to the next round. The guy's out cold. Yeah, you lost. <laughs> he get knocked out. No, I mean, the guy, the guy who got knocked out by an illegal slap. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> DQ. Move on. There's Thank money in this, man. Do. Bet online sponsoring these things. All right. Soon, Von Tobel, the Von Tobel's will. Von Tobel Trust Fund. What would have happened if Robert Kraft, after Jerry Jones said, don't F with me, what if Robert Kraft smacked him right in the face? Or challenged him to a slap fight. Yeah. That's today's that's today's thing, right? God. Just regulated. Ma- like, By the way, I cannot wait. Because you have these older generations of guys. What happens when Steve Jones takes over for Jerry and Jonathan Kraft takes over for his dad, Bobby? What, what like, do you think... Like if I were John, if I were Jonathan Kraft, I'd be like, okay, all right. I'm never gonna forget what you said to my dad. Really? Ever? Oh, I would never forget it. I would try to take down Stephen Jones for the rest of my life. You said what to my dad? <laughs>